Section 26 of Loop Guru. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wayne Cook. Loop Guru by Eden Philpotts. Section 26 Enigma of the Doubloons. Chapter 2 The Finding of the Triangle. Tom set about his great task in a steady and methodical fashion. He found that Mr. Hargan's property extended considerably beyond the confines of the old Wedderborn estates, but the limits of the latter were clearly enough marked upon the map put before him. Of this he made a careful copy, then engaged a room at St. Thomas, and spent the first few days in long excursions over Mr. Hargan's lands. The old Dane took no little interest in the youth, and offered him aid of every sort, but Tom declined all help. "'I'm going to thrash the thing out with no assistance but yours, sir,' he said. "'You have already done more than I had a right to help. For the rest, I'll tackle the job alone. I mean digging up those doubloons myself.' "'You'll find speed and pickwork poor fun, lad.' "'Grand fun. Remember what I'm digging for.' In the early dawn of the day before Tom started upon his preliminary task of clearly marking out the boundaries of his ancestor's estate, Mr. Hargan lent him a pony, and himself accompanied the youth on a long ride. The trip was uneventful save for one incident. The older man's knowledge of the island enabled him to show Tom the ruined foundations of an old dwelling. "'Seek transit, etc.,' said Mr. Hargan. Look well at this rubbish heap, young sir. This is wherein the Quedderborn once lived in pomp and state and savage blackguardism. From here he started on that fateful morning more than a hundred years ago. Probably he sneaked off quietly at a very early hour indeed, put his mules into the shafts of his vehicle himself, and only divulged his purposes to one poor devil of a slave, whose knowledge presently cost him his life. Then the old rascal came flattering back home, got out of his cart, and marched indoors to a sumptuous breakfast, and something strong with it. The mansion itself must have stood hard upon the northwestern boundary of the estate. This point the map showed clearly. It seemed probable, therefore, that Enoch had pushed for the more distant northeastern borders of his territory on that bygone morning or the calloused old gentleman might, after all, have merely gone round the corner, as it were, and buried his doubloons close at hand. In that case he had doubtless put his murdered slave underground too, for the adjacent regions of the property so near the great house itself were, of course, well known and more or less frequented. The young explorer's first task was a difficult one, and seemed likely to take him longer than he had bargained for. The margins of the old estate turned and twisted a good deal, and the greatest care and accuracy would clearly be necessary in following and defining them. Finally it was upon the northern mountain side that Tom Wedderborn began his work. Four and a half good miles of strong twine would be needed to mark the boundary. So four and a half miles of twine he purchased at Mr. Hargan's Bonanza store. Then he entered on his labors with a stout heart. Older heads would have taken more thought before action. 
older hands would not have refused mr hargan's offer of negro labor for the preliminary arduous duties but tom had his own ideas and all his life before him the knowledge gained from a sight of enoch wedderborn's mansion had modified to some extent our treasure hunter's scheme he had finally determined that the confines of the estate and the cryptogram must really denote a spot as distant from the house as possible and this spot he found first on the map then in the forest here he set up a landmark and began working back from there he traced out the boundary for half a mile on either side of the landmark and determined thoroughly to search this tract a mile in all before proceeding if as he suspected the triangle of giant stones lay somewhere within the seventeen hundred and sixty yards he now traced out further labor with the boundary line itself would be unnecessary he soon found that the more the wit of his brain saved the sweat of his brow the better eventually tom investigated three hundred yards the first day and a like extent of difficult land upon the second towards the evening of the third day there came an answering object to his quest for he chanced upon three boulders one a pointed crag the others even larger in bulk but less prominent being lower and broader tom's discovery was made from a perch in a tree he had already climbed many under the impression that the giant rocks when visible would be better seen and the relative positions more nearly appreciated from such a position and here at last appeared a definite triangle each corner of it situate at about equal distances from the other two with the tallest rock jutting up above the dense undergrowth and standing due north from its fellows young wedderborn nearly broke his neck tumbling down the tree then he made for the base of the adjacent boulder praying very heartily on his way that this in truth might be him marked m on his face but the day was done he had no time to make any search that night the three rocks stood at a distance of twenty-four yards apart and noting their positions with care tom departed weary enough but buoyed by grand hopes and fluttering on the verge of triumph he slept little that night and tramped back to the rocky triangle by four o'clock next morning with the dawn he began his search again and by breakfast time came upon what he so greatly desired to find time had eaten away the stone dimmed the outlines and roughened the edges of the scratched and deeply cut record but a sort of yellow lichen grew within it and the feature of the cryptogram was thus preserved only instead of the letter m graven upon the lonely rock the letter n appeared there was no possibility of making any error here and the circumstance occupied young wedderborn's brains entirely until he found an obvious answer to it m stood for n in his dead and gone relations puzzle doubtless it did so in the case of this particular letter as elsewhere thus after a century of silence that secret sign came to the eye of one who could gaze with knowledge upon it and read its inner significance tom made a tremendous search in the immediate neighborhood through the rest of that day but not so much as a bleached bone or a rusty pick rewarded him 
This, however, was a matter of little moment. He had found the very center and egg of Enoch Wedderborn's conceit. So, light at heart, he went back to his lodging, and during the evening detailed to Mr. Hargan the result of the day's work. After only a fortnight's labor, I am almost in touch with the doubloons, said he. Poor lad. He did not know how often fate helps the earlier stages of an enterprise, that subsequent rebuffs shall taste the more bitter. He had still to learn the fact that ambition half gratifies, brings worse torture into life than complete failure. End of section 26